Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everybody, it's Brian. If you haven't noticed, it is absolutely nuts out there in the housing market. If you don't know exactly what you're doing and you don't have someone that you trust by your side to guide you through the process, good luck getting the home you want or getting the best price for the home you're selling. John Hurlbut at Altitude Homes is a guy I've known for years, over a decade, a friend and someone I trust implicitly. If you are in Pierce, South King, or Thurston counties, there is nobody better to help guide you through the real estate process right now. Go on over to altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkablogger. Now, again, that's altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkblogger. Sign up to contact John. He will help you with the process, and all referrals will result in a $1,000 donation from John and the Altitude Homes team to Ben's Fund. Everybody wins. Go in there, get your help, get your dream home, get the most money for your home. AltitudeHomesTeam.com slash HawkBlogger. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fans. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out no matter how hard it rains in my city. Everybody, welcome to the 248th episode of Real Hawk Talk. I am Brian Nemhauser. You can find me on Twitter at HawkBlogger. We are excited, excited to talk about what will be maybe the most important offseason in Seahawks history. If not the most important, it is certainly one of the most anticipated. We know what we're getting into this offseason. We know how much ground needs to be covered. And we are going to start discussing it tonight with good friends, Evan Hill at Evan Hill HB on Twitter and Jeff Simmons at Real Jeff Simmons on Twitter. And at some point, Nathan Ernst will join us as well. Fellas, uh, good to see you both. Evan, how's life? Doing well. Um, looking forward to. Uh divisional weekend i'm excited about this niners cowboys game coming up um but other than that a little bit bummed that seattle's out but you know we were playing with house money so i I don't think too many of us expected a win but other than that life is good jeff uh you you've been making the pod rounds uh i think you were on earlier with uh rob staten right how's uh how'd that go it was good. It's fun. It's like a pre-pod like setup. Got me talking off season. I'm I'm in, I'm in the zone right now. Uh, he had some he had some interesting ideas. So it was, it was a fun show. I was on there for like 
almost 90 minutes with us. So, Oh, wow. Well, you know, I'm sure that was just, I won't call Rob a, well, I won't say it. <laughs> I was going to say, hold up, dude. You know what? Actually, no, not, no comments. He just got you ready for the main act. I'll just, I'll just put it that way. So, uh, we love Rob here. So, uh, Rob's a friend of show. Um, all right. I guess we got to start by talking about the game. Cause I, I did the, the post game pod and I shared, I shared my perspective on this game uh, in case you guys didn't hear mainly. I just felt like Seahawks mostly got out of this game, what they needed and in some ways performed better than I would have expected, especially in the first half. And truthfully, they were down by one score at the end of the third quarter. And then just, everything fell apart so it it didn't it didn't really kill me um i never like losing to the 49ers but i'm just happy we got out with no injuries and saw some progress from players that we really need to see progress from so that was that was kind of my take uh evan where, where were you on this game how did you how did you end up yeah i had definitely built up i think a little bit of hope uh, going into halftime, especially after Jason Myers nailed that 56-yard field goal to take the lead going into halftime. But um, honestly, it was sort of an expected outcome for me the entire time. We went into this game, like I think most of us were kind of like psychologically in unison here that Seattle had to make very few mistakes and we had to get a couple of uh, you know turnovers, lucky bounces our way. And we just didn't end up getting that. In fact, we made uh, several key mistakes in the second half and obviously it blew up pretty quickly. Um, now, I, I think my biggest takeaway, and it's not a, you know, a, a super uh, unique one though, is DK dominated. And, and that was like one of the things I wanted to see is like, as we position this roster for the future and with what I think we hope to build, we need players like that, not just at the receiver position at all different, you know, sorts of positions, but players like that who can dominate. And uh, it was just nice to see that from DK. We had, we've, there's been like, there's been some interesting fan um, reactions to, I think DK's production over the past couple of years. I think some people have been frustrated with him. There were some mental mistakes here and there, but, but I, I like the way he's progressing as a receiver and, and I think he's only going to continue to develop. And, and honestly um, he could be in for some big years in these upcoming years. So that's my tangent. Um, not really bummed. I mean, the first half was nice, but come on, the, the Niners are, they should be Super Bowl favorites and, and we're, we're let's just be honest. Our roster is nowhere close to where their roster is at. And anybody who thinks otherwise, frankly, in my opinion, is deluded. Um, now we have some great foundational pieces, a lot to be excited about. Yes, but uh, the the talent gap is is significant, especially on the defensive side of the ball. P. Carroll said it, so that's where I'm at, gents. All right, Jeff. What about you? Yeah, I, I listen to your show, Brian. Um, for the most part, I was pretty pleased, with, to be honest, with how that game went. I thought it was just going to be so one-sided again. And the first half was – there was a lot of cool things that happened. Like Kenneth Walker running on that defense was really cool. Gino played as well as he could have in the first half. And I think I haven't tweeted it. It was as fun as the first half as I've watched in a long time just because of how one-sided I felt the game was going to be. But – when you look back at the game, big picture, the good thing is, you, like Evan said, you saw there are foundational pieces here. You saw Gino go into the storm against one of the better 
teams in the NFL and for the first half played relatively well. And in the second half, the truth really came out and you saw the team's limitations and you didn't get any false hope about where this defense is. And you saw one of the worst defensive performances we've probably ever seen in the playoffs. But I wasn't even that mad about it, to be honest. The, I think knowing the truth and hearing Pete speak on Monday and honestly hearing his openness and how honest he was about the limitations of the defense and how far the gap was, I think big picture that might have been a good thing. So I came out of that game, no no real anger, no real disappointment. They overachieved in one half. And frankly, we saw a lot of things we've been saying for months now come through. So overall, pretty good. Uh, Nathan, welcome to the show at Nathan E11 on Twitter. Nathan, uh, we are spending just one little quick moment here on how we felt about how the season ended in San Francisco, Santa Clara, and you know, uh, Evan and 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 Jeff and I, I think all pretty much aligned on mostly felt good about it. Curious for you, I know the the first or the last San Francisco game was kind of your nadir uh, in the season where you lost a lot of, a lot of hope. Uh, how did this, how did this game treat you? Fine, really. Um, the first half was awesome. Uh, and we met, made a, or they made Niners fans sweat it. Uh, and then the second half got out of control so fast that I never like, it, I wasn't, you know, hanging on a thread or something to, to the very end. So um you know that they they were playing with house money there um and yeah i didn't really have any expectations would have been would have been nice if they had not let them just completely blow them out in the second half but yeah whatever it doesn't matter yeah i I, there's a bunch of news i think we got to cover and and then maybe we'll get time i am curious about talking about the rest of the playoffs a little bit but i'm so interested in talking about the seahawks offseason it's going to be hard to to save time for that uh, big news of the day, Evan, I think it, it's, it's worth having you, um, share with the audience, uh, what happened with the Seahawks today. Jason Myers, all pro in our hearts, kicker for the Seattle Seahawks signed a four year, $21.1 million deal worth up to 22.6 per Adam Schefter. Um, he was a pending free agent, unrestricted free agent after that, I think it was a three-year deal. He had previously signed with Seattle. Um, this is, uh, this is awesome because I, I think two years ago, Jason, was it, was it, was it the season before this season that Jason Myers struggled? And then I think two years pre, or the year before it was like the flawless year he had. So this was a little bit of a redemption arc for him. Um, yeah, good, uh, you know, second highest paid kicker in the NFL now at this point. Um, but Jason Myers has been pretty much nothing, you know, you know, reliable the the entire season in playoffs for us. Yeah, he shanked it like once, like really badly, which which was funny, um, which was like I feel like forty seven yards to the left. But otherwise, you know, it's a it's a tough position to play. It's obviously very mental and and psychological and. Um, I think uh, you know we can we can argue about how much money we should be paying to kick. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna no enough enough. I need to know like how much of this you are, Mister Cap and Mister yeah. like. Let's make sure we're spending money wisely. How sure. much of this take that you've got is because of your priors on Jason Myers, and how much if this was like kicker B that you hadn't had a prior off, would you be happy the Seahawks are paying five million dollars a year for a kicker? 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the question back to you. How 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 much money should the Seahawks like? How much money should the Seahawks be paying Jason Myers? Like, what what is the difference? Are we are we talking about a one million difference that you're upset about? Five million versus four million versus three million. What are we talking here? Well, I want to make sure I get the other guys into this. Uh, for me, it is not. About, Jason Myers has earned the contract he is yes. has right now. He should be paid in the top five of kickers in the NFL. So th- this yes. isn't about Jason Myers to me. Um, I I don't believe that a team in the Seahawks situation should be looking to pay five million dollars a year to a kicker. If you look at, um, let's do it really quick. The top like kickers in terms of like accuracy this year, number one and number two. Number one is Cameron Dicker. Number two is Eddie Pinheiro. Those guys both made under $1 million. Sure. And it's I- because you invested in rookie kicker. And like to put that in, in other terms, Alex Singleton, who's a linebacker, I think is interesting for the Seahawks to look at this year, made $1.1 million last year. Uh, Al Woods, arguably our best defensive lineman, mm-hmm. made four, like a little over $4 million. You're talking about like significant contributors to what is a shitty defense that you won't be able to afford because you decided to go in on a kicker. And I just, I think that's the wrong priority. I just like, I, I don't think it's worth getting angry about. Like, it's there's angry. So, but there's so many Angry worse con. Like, like if you're mad that the Seahawks paid a couple extra million to the kicker position, then you better be 16 times as mad that Jamal Adams has made almost $40 million from the Seahawks over the past three years. Like, there are worse contracts on this fucking roster. Jason Myers is not the guy preventing us from, you know, signing some player. It's uh, it's the Gabe Jacksons of the world. It's the Jamal Adams know, of the world. This is, this is sunk cost fallacy to me. Like, it, it, this is the new decision that was made. They didn't have to re-sign Jason Myers. They could have decided to. That's a big risk. <clears throat> What's I mean, your thought? What is the average kicker salary right now? I'm just average kicker's salary looks like about three million. Uh, does it even do do this on OTC? I'm I'm just eyeballing it from the list. I mean, I would guess it's like two million. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, but there are not actually many kickers that are making two million. Um, like if you look at most kickers, they're making at least two and a half million. And you have a lot of guys up into the, you know, fours um, that are also nothing to, like, go crazy about. So I I do think that this is dumb, but it's it's more penny foolish than anything. I think Evan's ultimately right. Like, they should say that again. Uh, Evan, uh, ultimately, <laughs> is ultimately right. disgustingly, is is right. Like, we're it, we're freaking out over, like, $2 million a, a year here. Like, maybe, yeah, maybe you draft a kicker and you get lucky and you get Dicker the kicker and you can save $4 million, and that's great. And I, I'm not opposed to that route, but, like, I don't think the Seah- Seahawks have shown us anything to make us think that they're going to go that way with it. So, yeah, whatever. It's, like, $2 million. If that costs them, you know, that defensive difference maker or that defensive role rotational player that you like, then they've probably done something else wrong in the, the offseason. All right, Jeff, you have any take on this? I was just trying to understand the timing of it. Like, why now? Like, why not see what the kicker market is like? And I'm wondering if they watched that Cowboys game the other night. And saw <laughs> four extra points. We're like, all right, we've got to sign Myers now. Other than that, like, ultimately, yeah, like what Nathan said is where, like, my brain usually goes. Like, I'll, ideally, I, I agree with Brian. Like, 
a team that I don't think is going to be competing for the Super Bowl next year. Like, I'd rather spend that five million on a linebacker. But again, at the end of the day, like they probably were going to pay some kicker, probably closer to two to three million. I'm not going to get worked up over two million. There's so many other big decisions, but I I was a little surprised to see them pay him so quickly. I don't really know why you wouldn't let him go to the market and see what he comes to. I have an answer on the timing. They saw that hard as fuck Instagram post that he put out. That was pretty sweet. And and he said, <laughs> "Fuck y'all, I'm getting my money. You can pay me, or somebody else is paying me." And I think those two middle fingers, uh, they they put some fear in the hearts of of Seahawks brass. So. I- I wouldn't be surprised if if at least one of those fingers was in my direction. Uh, <laughs> by the way, average for a kicker, uh, based on my quick math with OTC, is two and a half um, for what it's worth. Uh, truthfully, I'm not that worked up about it, but I like I like faking it because it's fun. But I do think I I like I do get annoyed by response on Twitter. Um, where people are like, did you just see like this guy miss all the extra points? And do you remember when we had Hauschka and we lost him because of money and how much it sucked for those years? I'm like, if you think the reason that the team sucked for those years is because we didn't have Hauschka, like I got news for you. Like, like the kicker, it matters, but we are not a team that is going to win or lose like based off kicker right now. We, we have so many other problems to address it, it just leaves a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth that our first offseason move is spending the second most money on average for a kicker in the NFL. That's that's not where my... Well, it's always good to buy a stock at its exact highest point. <laughs> right? Like... Yeah. There, there, is, there is one kicker in the entire league that is that you can give this kind of money to and be like that. Yeah. Well, you know what? We solved the position. We solved it for the, for however long we signed this guy to, cause he's great and he's perfect. Jason Myers. One, no, not Jason Myers. <laughs> every, every other kicker, most like most every other kicker in the league is basically the same guy. I mean, Jason Myers had a nice year and two years ago he had a great year and the years bookending those years, we probably don't want to talk about like he's going to have ups and downs like every other kicker in the league uh except except one right and so that that's the thing that's frustrating is like if you're coming at this like oh well didn't you watch the dallas game don't you know how important kickers are like yeah i watch i i also watched the last game of the year uh, last regular season game of the year that the, the seahawks played i know how valuable kickers are he missed a game winning kick like, let's not <laughs> pretend this guy is a, a kicker god well to to that point Jason Myers had a great game against the 49ers and kicked a 56 yarder and the Cowboys had the worst kicking game you could possibly happen. And how did those games end up? Exactly. <laughs> it's just, that's not, the, that's not the headline. So anyway, uh, enough about Jason Myers. I'm happiest most for Evan Hill because you know, this is something that he's across. He has bared for uh, a, a while. So this is as much redemption for Evan as it is for, for Jason Myers. All right. Um, what other news? We should talk a little bit about Pete Carroll's comments after this game, really in the press conferences and, and the things that, that, that followed. Jeff, I know, you know you've you followed that pretty closely. Uh, for folks that didn't hear, what were the primary things that, that were taken away um, from, from Pete's, Pete's press conferences. 
Um, to me, the biggest thing was him just talking about the honest way he talked about the talent gap they have on defense compared to San Francisco. And then him pointing out to the lack of difference makers on the defensive line. And he made that clear in multiple interviews. And sometimes Pete speaks and he just sounds like a politician. Like he could have so easily come and talked about how close they were and how they could have won 12 games. So I, I was pretty refreshed to hear him go the other way. And like even Brock and Saul kind of tried to like use it as a scenario to like big, like you overachieved this year. Like, aren't you satisfied? And he did not go that way. So he went right away to, he made multiple instances to say they don't have enough difference making players on the defensive line. And we've been talking about this for years, just how they've kind of pissed this position and no vision. And they've gone year to year with pass rushers and they don't have building blocks. So Maybe they finally learn. I know I've said this before and then ended up with like Benson Mayo. So I don't want to get too excited. <laughs> but that was to me very telling, especially with the pick they have coming up. He pointed very clearly where they have deficiencies. And I, I think that's very refreshing because I was really worried they were just going to spin their usual shit and come out of there saying, look, we, we were winning the first half. Like we had our chances. He seems to understand what we've been saying all year. So I found that very notable. I, I totally agree. Uh, <laughs> Evan or Nathan, uh, one of the things that like cracked me up is Pete likes to think that he's super sly. Like he, he acted like, I'm not going to tell you anything about what we're doing with the fifth pick. And then basically proceeded to say, we need game records on the defensive line. That's that's like, he, he said like five different ways that that's the priority. And then also said, yeah, the QB, QB position's great. You know, we got our guy. So like, it's pretty clear what they're planning to do with that top pick, right? Or am I, I being... completely disagree. Okay, I tell completely me. Completely disagree. Okay. I'm thinking about this a lot over the past couple of days. I think Pete Carroll and John Schneider are setting up the biggest smoke screen in the history of smoke screens. The Seahawks are going to take a quarterback at five. Oh. I'm telling you right now. Pete John John knows he fucked up when he when he got Scott or you know he got caught uh with people taking pictures of him, you know, scouting Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to make the mistake again. They are going to take a quarterback with their first pick. I have I've talked myself into this. Right or wrong, I think it's going to happen. I think they are selling out to define the narrative in a different direction, get teams thinking that, you know. They're not going to take a QB to hopefully avoid some big, massive trade up. But uh, if their guy falls there, I, th I think they may do it. Uh, Nathan. I don't know, I don't know how they do that though, with how far between free agency and the draft there is. Right. Yeah. Like the Gino thing mean? will be resolved. But like, I don't, I don't, I don't think just because they're extending Gino means they won't take a quarterback high. Like they could definitely do both. They can do like the Alex Smith Mahomes. It's been done. But yeah. What is this comment? Would... Evan gets a haircut every day. <laughs> I mean, I've started doing the taper like on the sides. Thanks, bro. It's yeah, I uh, like it. But I so you know what's funny is my hair's like a chia pet, so it grows out like sideways. You know what I mean? It's just puffball. It's crazy. Sorry, what were we talking about? Wait, wait, wait. So so what your prediction is, I want to be clear. Are you saying that they are not going to sign Gino and they are going to draft a QB or they are going to sign Gino and they're going to draft a QB? 
Oh, I think they're signing Gino, and I think there's a good chance they take a QB with one of those top two picks. That is the thing I would hate the most. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that's like what I necessarily <laughs> want. Yeah, but, but it is though, isn't it? No, you just want them to draft a quarterback, right? I I'm le- I'd rather them draft a. Qu- do I really want to blow up my mentions tonight? Yeah, you see, like you, you had. To- I am not on this like must extend Geno train. You I had to not. eat a big D this year with how Geno <laughs> played, and you're just not enjoying the I, repercussions. I mean, yes, that's definitely <laughs> that's definitely one component of it. But like, I mean, uh, my whole thing is like we should use whatever that fucking tag is called. Uh, the, the transition like, tag, the transition tag, where it's like 28 million, 29 million, whatever, you know, let, let him negotiate with other teams. And if somebody wants to sign him to a big deal, they can give us two first round picks. I, that's, I think the preferred path, but, but I do think they should take a flyer at quarterback this year. Interesting. Nathan, I mean, priors always enter into people's perspectives on uh, what should happen. Um, You've been consistent on this, though, right? Like, the thing you don't want to see them do is, I want to make sure I've heard this, sign Gino and spend one of their top two picks on a quarterback or spend any picks on a quarterback? Like their top two, yeah, top two, maybe even top three. Yeah, I I would hate that, yeah. You're splitting your strategy there. You're not getting any of the benefits. Um really of either path, right? Where if you, you go with Gino, he's established. I mean, it's kind of crazy to say that, but fairly established, right? You think you have a veteran presence there that can play well. And then you have all these high picks to go make a splash on your defense or just get, you know, uh, different speakers, wherever you put them. Um, that's great. That's one way to go about it. The other way to go about it is to let Gino walk, which at this point sucks because you're not getting anything for him and he's he's a valuable asset. But um, okay. And then you you draft a quarterback really high and you get the rookie quarterback uh, benefit, right? Because uh, you're not spending a ton of money on, on a quarterback. If you sign Gino, then you ru- you kind of ruin the rookie quarterback benefit. And you don't uh, if you go rookie quarterback high, then you don't get like, you know, the difference maker or the, the big prize. Uh, on your defense or wherever that fifth pick is used. So it just feels like, like I get it. They could do it. They could, they could make it work and it could be the Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes thing. Sure. Um, If you have a quarterback out there that you think is Patrick Mahomes, maybe just let Gino walk and take, take that dude though. But yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know. It just feels like you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're, it's splitting the strategy, splitting all the benefits and you're getting the cons of both, both paths. I get what you're saying, but I also don't think like if you ex- if you gave Gino like a three year extension for whatever amount of money, and you drafted a quarterback in the first round, so you got that fifth year option. You let him sit for a year. Maybe he takes over, you know, on the back half of year two. Is that really like such a bad scenario? It's not a bad scenario in and of itself, but for all the other things, like you're paying a quarterback so you don't get the all the benefits of the sure. rookie quarterback deal. You don't spend the fifth pick on a defensive player to complement a team that's ready to go maybe with Geno. Like, but what if they spend, you know, their four other, three other picks they have in the top 50 or whatever on defense? Like, is that really well, a bad it, outcome? It's not that you can't make it work. It's just you're lowering the ceiling. And the probability is decreased. I mean, the number of all pros that are in the top 10 
um, picks, the number of Hall of Famers that were drafted in the top 10 versus the Hall of Famers that were drafted in the bottom 20 of the first round. It's it's a massive, like you'd be amazed at the difference. It's like 3x, 4x, 5, like it's massive difference. So yes, well, like realistically, the bottom 20. Sorry, there's, there's, there are more in the top 10. Yeah. Um, and so, so like, even though there are more picks lower, um, the percentage of hits and, and like top, top, top shelf talent is top is in the top 10. So anyway, Jeff, I, you've been quiet for a while. What, what, what's on your mind? <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting because like, if just from like a pure roster management thinking like the ideal scenario, if all things are equal, and all things are not equal, which I'll talk about soon, but I would rather them draft the quarterback and spend their cap money on defense. But all things are not equal because there's a locker room. And Gino won a lot of this locker room over, and I think it would be really, really hard to transition out of him. So I don't think that's not the reason to sign him, but I think that factors in, in terms of building a team. And I think realistically, I think I agree with Brian. I think Pete sort of gave away what they're thinking. And I, unless they're planning to spend, and the, the tricky thing is like, yeah, you can say, okay, draft the quarterback, go get defensive players for agency. There is not a lot of blue chip players. I don't know if you guys have studied the defensive line for agency list. Yeah. It's, there's two like premier players. One of them, Deron Payne from Washington, the other Javon Hargrave from the Eagles. We don't know if they're even going to hit the market. Payne, they can easily clear out Carson Wentz's contract and franchise Payne. And all of a sudden, then you say you walk from Gino, then what? You're signing Yannick and Dockway. Like, there's not a lot of like premier players. So I think that the Seahawks, like, I can spend all my time saying what I want them to do. I think they're going to sign Gino. Yeah. Um, I don't really care to like get into the opinion of how much they could do it. Like, I, th- I think it's pretty clear they're going to sign them. I don't know what that number is going to be. So I ultimately do think that draft pick will probably go to defense, but I just think the way the top five has worked, the more I think about that scenario, I think the more I think about it, it could be really, really favorable for them. Do you think where, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just, uh, we've talked about Brian talked about the value in trading down. So if three quarter, if two quarterbacks go ahead of them and Carter and Anderson go ahead of them, you either get the best defensive player left. So the guy of your choice, or you have the ability to trade uh, You become a huge pivot point. And that's the third quarterback in the draft, and you control that. So that sets up a ton of different opportunities. Or if three quarterbacks go, say, that non-Indianapolis team jumps you and goes to number one, all of a sudden you're getting one of Carter or Anderson. Arizona is another team. They just hired a new GM. Are we sure they're going to stay in that pick? They have a lot of work to do with that roster. They could easily move back. So they could sell that pick as well for a quarterback. So the more I think about it, Seattle's just got a ton of draft options. I don't ultimately think it will be a quarterback. However, I'm with Evan that if they fall in love with a quarterback and they think it's a franchise guy, and listen, drafting a quarterback is not like drafting a defensive lineman. Like, you can like the defensive lineman. This guy's got to be the face of your franchise. Like, we saw what happened with the Jets. Like, Zach Wilson didn't work out this year. The OC gets fired. So, like, you can't just like a quarterback. You have to be all in on the guy to take one. So, yep. I don't know if that'll end up happening, but if they do get to that point, like I'm with Evan, you got to draft one. My big takeaway is that going from three to five fucking sucks. Really? Why? Yeah, yeah because I, I I think we had realistic hopes at getting like a Jalen Carter 
or or uh or Will Anderson at number three and at number five that just doesn't seem uh as realistic anymore. I think it, it, it's disagree? definitely the probabilities are lower, but I, look, well, the other news that we didn't really we talked about it on Twitter, but we haven't talked about it here is CJ Stroud coming out was he waited to the very last day. And that was a big deal because now there are at least three quarterbacks that are decent chance to be top five level picks. And so if, if that happens, if there's three quarterbacks that, that people want and get picked above Seattle, you are going to have a shot at either Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. And <laughs> as someone who really, really wanted the third pick, I'll tell you this, Evan, what would have really sucked as a Blazers fan, I can tell you how much it sucks to have the choice and make the wrong fucking choice to pick Sam Bowie and not Michael Jordan to pick Greg Odin and not Kevin Durant. And in this situation, if you get to it, there's almost no chance that both Jalen Carter and Will Anderson will be available. So you'll have this situation where it's like, well, this is what we had. And that would be I would I would be less likely to be super devastated in that scenario. So if you were to ask me right now the most likely outcome, I think the most likely outcome is the Seahawks are going to get a choice of one of those players. <laughs> and then the question is whether they'll pick or whether they'll drop back. I think they'll pick. I think they would take one of those guys. Yeah, let's just not pass on a Luca, please. That would suck. <laughs> Yeah, we won't talk about your sons. Um, it's been rough. So, so, I mean, I don't know what you. I want to hear it like, like, so, so, Evan, you want a quarterback? It sounds like, but you also are conflicted because because you want a defensive lineman. I'm. I. I really. It's kind of a cop out answer, but but it's the genuine truth, and I've been preaching it for a while now. Like one area I trust Pete and John on is evaluating the quarterback position. They have a track record of like strong evidence that indicates more often than not, they know what the fuck they're doing when it comes to that position. And we all know this. You all, guys all know this. Charlie Whitehurst knows for sure. <laughs> One of the goat backups. Um, but like they Patrick. have a track record with, you know, falling in love with Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, scouting those guys, strong rumors that they were going to select them. If they, if they dropped that far, Russell Wilson rehabilitating Geno Smith, like there's evidence here. Um, if they believe their guy is there, I'm I'm all in and I'm willing to take that risk. But it's pretty clear that the glaring need in the short term, the short immediate term is pass rush. It's 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 the defensive line. It's the defense as a whole. Um, but I think there's also a combination and a balance of you have to look um, towards the future as well. So I think it's balancing those needs. And frankly, we just don't have any insight into uh, Seattle's. Uh, potential love affair with any quarterbacks. So the bottom line though, is I do trust Pete and John when it comes to the quarterback position. And if they end up selecting a quarterback, this fan base will lose its shit, but I will not. I, I will, I will double down on what Pete and John have to say there. Nathan, what is, what do you, what do you want to happen with that fifth pick? And what do you expect to happen right as of right now? Um, I, I think that they will sign Gino and I think they will draft a defensive player there. I am suspicious that it will be Will Anderson. Um, I just have a hunch based. I don't know. Uh, 
so that would be awesome. Um, but I think that they will go with a defensive player. Um, maybe maybe they get to trade back a little bit, um, or maybe they just sit there and take like a Tyree Wilson or something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's possible it's all one big smoke screen, but I, I do kind of believe um, Pete's frustrations with this defense this year. Um, so I think that's probably the way it ends up going. Jeff, you know what site I'm on right now trying to figure out who the Seahawks are going to pick? Senior Bowl? <laughs> yes. Am I actually right? Yes. I'll yes, I'm right. actually trying to figure out who, who's on the roster for the Senior Bowl. They we have to actually ask Jim Nagy to come on the show. Like They had a better Senior Bowl year last year. They got Lucas and Woolen from the Senior Bowl. I mean, it's, well, it's how, like been very reliable that that's an yeah. that's influence. Yeah. Tyree, is Tyree going to be at the Senior Bowl? I don't know. I'm try- like the roster doesn't seem like it's been announced yet, or I, I don't know. I couldn't find anything on the site. The rosters were empty. Um, the uh, the 2023 accepted invite site goes to a big exclamation point that says, "Uh oh!" Couldn't <laughs> find what page you were listening for. So, so. We trust Jim Nagy on uh, uh, his his scouting, apparently, but not on his web development skills. Um, and and. Uh, not on LJ Collier or uh, job to say every single player at the senior bowl is great. So, yeah. Um, all right. So uh, one of the questions I have for you guys and Evan, I don't know if you've done much uh, on this front. So bow out if you haven't, but uh, I want to go around Robin with who is a prospect that you're falling in love with. It does not have to be for the number one overall pick. It can, doesn't even have to be for a first round, but like a prospect that you're getting excited about, that if the Seahawks called this person's name at some point, you would be pretty psyched. Um, who is that person for you, Jeff? Um, I'd say one name for me is uh, Zay Flowers, the receiver. Hmm. And he's a guy I think you can get him in the second round. And uh, there's a really good tweet that came out this week about, and Nathan's making some good points in our chat just about, how they do, they don't have like a, a guy who can play in the slot, and it really makes their deep offense. And Brian, you've talked about this too. And Flowers is a guy like he could be around with one of their second round picks. He's more of a bigger slot kind of player, and he's really good yards after catch guy. And obviously, they tried to do that with Eskridge, and that's been a total disaster. But you saw what happened the one game where Tyler Lockett went out, and the passing game just fell off a fucking cliff. And we've been saying for years, and when I dove into the cap this week, there's a clear need. you got to bring in a rookie receiver. Uh, DK and Lockett are really cheap cap hits for next year. There's both under $16.5 million for them, which is really, really good. But next, the next year, they both jumped to 20, over 20. I think they're 22 and 23. So you can't bring in like a Brandon Cooks or something. So I really like Zay Flowers and like his skills after the catch and what he could do for this offense. And obviously defense is clearly the bigger need. And I can mention some players there, but for him, I think there's like a sweet spot of like an under the radar addition of what they need to do and how that can enhance everything. If you bring back Gino and how you can just jump it. I'm a big believer in building on strengths. So I think they need to do that. Nathan, do you have a, a name that's starting to catch your eye for five or just generally generally can be anywhere. Actually, preferably not five, but uh, you know, we've talked about that pick a lot. Yeah, um, there's been a lot of uh, 
Jackson Smith and Jigba, I, I think that's how you say his name, um, talk in the, the group chat. Uh, he's pretty fun. Um, you threw out Parker Washington. Uh, he was a lot of fun when I watched him too. I haven't gone deep on a lot of these guys. Um, you know, at five, Tyree Wilson, I don't know if that feels like a little bit of a stretch, but he is like, again, just in terms of like a fun guy to watch and to think about. Um, uh, he's got rough spots, I think, for sure, but I would probably talk myself into him uh, in, in a big way. Um, okay, well, okay, actually, no, 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 I do have one that I would get stupid excited about. Um, I have been for a little while now talking myself into Stetson Bennett. Um, and so <laughs> if they pull him in like the third or fourth round or something, I will yeah. get stupid excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah really yeah. in the third or fourth round. This this is a two time national championship winning quarterback. No, and we're he... talking about the NFL. He's gonna get drafted, and I just he's he's sneaky good man i don't know he's they gotta out purdy the the 49ers and and find a way to take him after whatever pick purdy was taken well you can't do that i don't think (laughs) i think that's impossible Uh, undrafted free agent okay okay um (laughs) but no like wait why is why is brock purdy better than setson bennett like i think they're actually similar types um with obviously bennett having a lot more general success but i mean yeah i I don't know i don't know like that's what i'm saying if they take him like way too high like if if all of a sudden they call his name in the third round that's one that i'll i'll talk myself into very very quickly i don't know where i think that's hilarious i love that uh uh, evan do you have do you have any like uh passion about any player at this point no i don't but can i just tell you i've been playing with the chat gbt thing (laughs) And I just I just did one where it was like review Pete Carroll if you were Donald Trump. And let me tell you, I'm having so much fun over here. <laughs> For the next 40 minutes, don't ask me a single question. This Please, like anything that you can share? Just met with, so I said review Pete Carroll if you were a Donald Trump tweet. And it says, just met with coach Pete Carroll. And let me tell you, folks, he's a winner in all, in all caps. <laughs> Great leader and knows how to get the job done. Hashtag winning. All right. Well, let's hope that never happens. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we can have another whole conversation about chat GPT to where hopefully eventually we'll be the first franchise to let AI make our draft choices for us. Um, <laughs> cause God, uh, but, but you know what, what also came out this week, because we started talking about players, you got to talk about Tyree Wilson, like that guy, he's, he's showing up for a lot of people as like someone that people are getting excited about. He's like 275 pounds and that's an odd weight for this defense. Um, so one of the pin- thing, the reason I'm bringing this up is, is we said a big, huge question for this off season. Are they going to continue on their path to the three, four, that they've started the transition or are they going to go back? And there was some evidence. Maybe they were like vacillating because they were changing the the fronts that they were playing over the past half of the season. But Pete said, no, that's not the thing. We're, we're sticking with a 3-4. We're going forward. He also, I want to come back to this if you guys have any thoughts. He specifically said, we're going to make we're going to make it our defense. It's nobody else's defense, which my interpretation was like, I want to stop hearing about Vic Fangio's defense. This is our fucking defense. And we're gonna, like, I don't know if he's saying that to outside people or he's saying that to the three guys that were under Vic Fangio. <laughs> that he's like, I don't want to hear anymore about what Vic would do. 
make this freaking thing work for us. But the reason I bring it up is because typically you're talking about a nose tackle in a three, four, who's three thirty or above, like, you know, big boy. And you're talking about two defensive ends, which are both mainly like they're kind of like a uh, four, three, three technique defensive tackle right around 300 pounds, you know, six, four, like, I mean, they're big boys too. And your edge players are guys like Uchenna Nuosu, who are, you know, in the 240 to 250 range, like linebackers, but can also rush. So what you don't usually see in a 3-4 is a classic 4-3 defensive end who's in the 260 to 275 range. And that's what Tyree Wilson is. That's what guys like uh, the kid from Ohio State, um, I'm forgetting his Harrison. name. Harrison, yes. Right? There's a few guys that are in that category that may not be fits for the 3-4. So, I'm, Jeff, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's really interesting because you're right. Like when you're studying the typical three, four, like it's exactly that body type. So unless they're becoming more of a hybrid front or they're planning on doing things a little differently, some of the guys that we've been seeing linked to them, like Tyree Wilson and Miles Murphy, they're, they're built very similarly. They're built very similar to uh, Tavon Walker, who went first overall last year. And Tavon Walker plays the end in the four, three, and that's a really different spot. There's, so it'll be interesting. I think it'll be really telling if they end up spending five on Tyree Wilson or moving down for him, then they're probably changing. They're probably planning on doing some different looks defensively because in the three, four, like you said, it's not usually the, like the longer explosive athlete who's playing in the end. It's usually the guy who eats up blocks and like what Pittsburgh did with like that guy, Aaron Smith was like that big and Justin Smith. So those were the th ends in the three, four and what they typically look like. So I think this pick and what happens in free agency, they're going to need bigger bodies. They had guys who just weren't built to play that. Like Puna, they even Pete even admitted the other day. Something we've been seeing all year. Like they, they played him completely out of position this year. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be very telling if they spend the top five pick on Wilson. That maybe they are making some changes they don't want to admit publicly. I don't think I don't think it will really. Um, Uchenna okay. Nwosu is six two and two fifty something. Um, both Daryl Taylor and Boye Mafe are 6'4", 260 something. Um, Wilson's six or uh, is two seventy six or whatever he is, but he he's six six. Like it's it's not like you're talking about you know a squatty body here. Like he looks tall and lean. Um, in fact, he looks like he could maybe be a little leaner. Like you could play him lighter if you wanted to. He played standing up at Texas Tech. Um, so I don't think Wilson is really that square of a, of a peg. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen enough of these guys to know, but like we, we literally just saw like Carlos Dunlap exit, not because he couldn't play anymore, but because he shouldn't be dropping into coverage. Like that's not his skill set, And that's part of what they're asking these guys to be able to do. And you sign a new Chen and Nuosu, who's clearly like a different athletic profile. So I, I do think it matters. Part of the reason I bring it up is because one of my favorite guys in this draft that I would love to see in Seattle is Kalijah Kansi. He is like the guy from Pitt. He's been a mainly a moving defensive tackle, like a three tech who's very fast, very strong, very quick. And but he's six foot two eighty. And I don't know if I don't know if he fits 
Like, like he's a defensive tackle playing at that size. I think his body could definitely put on more weight. So I think he could, he could get up to at least 290, but he might not be a fit. And so this is one of the things that I think a lot of fans don't get is we fall in love with these certain players, but if they don't fit, especially your defensive scheme, they just, they won't be on the board. Shelby 6'2", 289 is what he's listed on his bio. I don't know what he really is, but, um, you know, so a, a six, what was he? Six foot, six, two, 280, six feet, man. Yeah. Like he's, he's a freak athletic freak. Dunlap is six, six, two eighty five. So yeah. 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 It, but, but Dunlap was like a very unique, playing and a very unique like. kind of player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he's a fair comp for Tyree. No, Wilson. no. His athletic skills at this point are not there. So can I quickly bring up some of Seahawks free agents and see if these are any of these are keeps for you? And Evan, I'm going to start start with you. Um, we already talked about Geno Smith, and I'm only going to talk about undra- uh, sorry, unrestricted UFA free agents. Sure. Um, I want keep doesn't matter like forget what the contract would be keep or cut like uh, instant reaction puna ford Ooh, that's a tough uh, uh let go nathan keep jeff if they run this defense definitely cut cut um Jason Myers has already decided. <laughs> Phil Haynes. Jeff. Cut. Nathan. Uh, at what he'll probably go for, I don't care, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I think I'm done. I think I'm at the fire point. I think it's time for something new. Evan? Yeah, cut. Let go. Cut for me as well. Whoa. Um, Drew Locke, Nathan. No place for him with Stetson Bennett on the roster. Cut. Evan, Drew Locke's number one fan. Keep. Really? So you want them to sign Gino, draft a quarterback, and keep Drew Locke? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Jeff. Cut. You can sign uh, Gardner Minshew to be the backup. I think one of the worst moves they could make this offseason is to re-sign Drew Locke. Oh, stop it. It is 100%. He's not going to be that expensive. It is not about the money, dude. It is it's a, a camp body. Do you not like competition? I it thought is you were a horrible, horrible decision for roster construction. Because, You're anti-competition. Because you are on the right track in that the Seahawks should draft a quarterback. It should not be their first pick or their second pick or any of the picks probably in the top two rounds. They need three QBs for camp, Brian. No, that is not how it works. Like It is how it works. You can cut him in late August. I have no interest in ever seeing Drew Locke on the field. They should absolutely every year be investing in young quarterbacks. So I think that keeping Drew Locke all he's doing is blocking the development of a player that actually has the potential to do if, something interesting. Drew, Drew Locke, Locke will never be an if interesting Drew player. Locke is blocking the Drew development of a player that has potential, that player has no potential. 
Full stop. I will say, uh, I'll peace. I'll be the peacemaker here. I don't think that there's any scenario where Drew Lock comes back in in Evans scenario. He's not coming back for some cheap ass minimum roster, no hope of competition uh, deal. He'll go somewhere where he can think about maybe working into a starter spot. Oh, that's a fair point. It's funny. I here's what I the reason I I I, I mean I I just like giving Evan shit, but. I absolutely believe that the Seahawks think that they've that they've got the next Geno Smith, and there's a bunch of fans that think that as well. Like Drew Locke will like he'll just under our tutelage will become great as well. So we don't need anyone else, and we're just gonna like have these two on our roster, and that's asinine. They absolutely need, and if they haven't learned anything, it's like invest in the quarterback position, spend a draft pick this year, even if it's in the sixth round, and bring someone in and see how that works out. Like. That. We're spending entirely too much time on Drew Locker. Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm bored. I'm turning off the podcast. It's an important position. Um, Marquise Goodwin. Jeff. I'd bring him back. Interesting. So keep. Nathan, everyone's a yes. I'm keep, yeah. Interesting. I don't want him as the third receiver, but as the fourth receiver. Yeah, he's a good wide receiver, four or five. He's not going to cost a whole lot. Yeah, he's definitely not a good year. I just am like... <clears throat> You know, I don't have a strong take on it, but I'd like them back for depth. They should draft a receiver, though. That's a position they they need to. Yeah, we're not talking. Uh, let me see if there's any. Oh, oh. that was my draft pick. I'm in love with what the hell. We we got we got to do this one. Um, Nathan Cody Barton, he's an unrestricted free agent. He is. Oh, shit. this is gonna cause a civil war on. I mean, Ooh. a civil war where it's everyone yelling at Griff, but. <laughs> yeah. no, there's um, a couple guys. Corbin is a Barton guy. I think it just all depends on the money. Um, you don't get to do that. That was a rule of this. Keep or cut. I would like to see him come back on backup money, so I will say keep. Evan. Cut. Jeff. A very strong cut. Hey. From your mouth to God's ears, from to John's Listen, ears. When we talk about the defensive line, they need guys who can tackle Debo Samuel. And I think we just need to shoot for better. I think we've seen yeah, if he's a backup, fine, but I'm a little worried the Jordan Brooks injury is gonna bring him back. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be painful. You I'm, know what the, you I'm, know they're gonna end up paying him like something way too much. Oh, Pete hasn't mentioned him at all. So, like, it's this thing. Like, I brought it up earlier. Alex Singleton. He's like thirty years old. He would made a, a, just over a million bucks playing for the Broncos this this past season. Significantly better run defender. Made strides in coverage as well. Like, if we end up with a guy like David Long Jr. for the Titans, also like super strong run defender, good fit, like. Uh, there's a few guys out there that are probably not super. Who knows what Levante David would cost if he becomes a free agent. If you're doing a short term, like I don't mind them going short term on linebacker. I don't need like, you know, they can be a, a stopgap, but like, I don't know, man. I, I running back Cody Barton is just a, it would be disappointing. So I, I'm crossing my fingers that that's not going to happen. Um, does anybody want Travis Homer back? No. Oh, Nathan, yes. I mean, I don't care. Is he cheap? I mean, I assume so. 
Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. Um. All right. Well, we are we are nearing the hour mark. Um. Let me see if we've got any patron questions. Um, Do you remember that small era, real quick, in in Seahawks Twitter history, where like people were saying that Travis Homer was like the most valuable running back on the Seahawks? Yes. Do you guys just remember that very briefly? I want to bring back some trauma to your brain. There were some hard feelings about that. That was so weird. Yeah. <laughs> it got I, personal. It, <laughs> as it so often does. Like, that I was wonder, so weird. Do other fan bases have as much like polarization with like little factions within them as we do? It's not about Travis Homer level players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, other fan bases just stab each other when they disagree with them. This, oh, this is probably right. That's probably right. Um, did you guys all see the wonderful trade proposal out there on Twitter today for Aaron Rodgers coming to the Seahawks? Did you guys see that? I did see it. I've thought about counter trolling uh, and doing like a Broncos one with Geno Smith, to be quite honest. <laughs> But, is there a player in the entire league where you would even consider? I mean, Mahomes. Would you consider that for Mahomes? So the, the recap, the trade. It was. It was. It was Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb. But to forget about him. But and and, and then. <laughs> no, I love the Randall Cobb yeah, thing. Right, he was, he was pondering. He was like, I don't know. We gotta even the scales <laughs> a little bit here. It was, it was like. It was like our first round pick. With like two firsts, a second, a third, DK and Tariq. It was totally trolling. It was insane. Yeah. (laughs) But like, okay, like obviously that dude just wanted attention. But like, literally, is there a single player in the entire league that you would like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes? Would you consider that trade package for them or whoever floats your boat? I don't think so. It'd be no, insane. It'd be no. absolutely bonkers insane to trade no. Tariq, DK, and like and two first for anyone, I think. Yeah, nobody's worth that. Let me ask you guys this, because th- this is an, another thing I've been playing around with. So, so how many rookies are you open to the Seahawks having on the roster next year? Like, they have nine picks, I think, right now. And let's say they end up with ten or they end up with like, like right now they have five in the top 100. Let's say they end up with like six or seven in the top 100. Uh, are you comfortable with that? Are you excited about that? Are you like hesitant about that? They need some vets on this defense. Uh, I was going to say that. Um, no, I'm very comfortable. Look at how many rookies they played this year and it led to a a surge and that's how really you ascend in this league. That's why teams turn around so quick. So it's not really the number that bothers me, but I do think Evan's point is really important. I don't think you can just pump rookies into the defense and think you're going to fix them, especially with defensive line. Like you see a lot of defensive line, like Dexter Lawrence. I don't know if you guys saw him play on Sunday. Dude. Oh my God. Best player. And it took him like, it took him like three years for him to like really hit his stride. Yeah. So I don't think and defensive tackles, especially like you don't just dump them in all the time. So I think it's really important. I think I, I've seen Evan make this point a lot. They need free agents. I don't know how that's going to work with the Geno contract, but they're going to have to move some money around. Maybe June first or July first, Jamal Adams or something like that. But they need free agent help too. Like can't just dump in rookies and that they're going to fix this. They have a vet defensive tackle on the roster right now, just ready to break out. 
He just needs one more year. LJ Collier is going to finally click. <laughs> yeah, you didn't mention him on the free agent list. I it didn't because it did, wasn't interesting to discuss. Do you even think some anyone signs him? He's the, he's the next former first player. round pick. That, that usually gives somebody some reason to give him a, a camp. Oh, John Abram went from first round pick to waivers pretty quick. So we were talking about Edge for a second. I wanted to mention one thing I noticed from the Niners game. Did you guys notice that Nick Bosa uh, was non-existent for the most part? Yeah. Yeah, they did a good job on him. Interesting on that. Charles Cross. Ah, I thought you were, I thought you were making some kind of joke. Not a joke at all. <laughs> I, I I think Charles Cross just had like a a really good year, and I, I know Abe Lucas uh, got a lot of the attention just because of the lower draft status, and he probably played better overall. But I, I'm just really really excited about that left tackle position and what we have and what we're building there. I think it's going to be a big deal for years to come. I 100 percent agree. If the Seahawks follow that up by getting at least one. At least one quality interior rookie, the offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Then we've really got something. If three of yeah. three of your five defense uh, offensive linemen are good young players, then that just could be huge. Yeah. If they get two, I will be. I will. I will forgive the Creed Humphrey. Like that will be distant memory. Like all they have to do to expunge that from my and I think other people's memory. There's a lot of good centers. Like there's three or there's at least three quality centers in this draft that you almost for sure be able to get late second and probably into the third round of this draft. And there's good off. There's like, there's good guards that should be available in similar locations. I've been waiting for you to fall in love with Dewan Jones. I haven't seen Dewan Jones. What position does he play? He, I'm pretty sure he's right tackle for Ohio state. Okay. He's like, monstrous he's like 350 pounds um i noticed him last year when i was watching a couple pass rushers i noticed him again this year uh watching isaiah foskey the notre dame uh defensive end uh he stonewalled foskey and like he's a guy that is very easy to look at and be like i bet you could play guard i bet you could be real asshole on the inside of an (laughs) offensive line (laughs) i i am pretty all in on andrew Voorhees. like i think he's a really good fit for for the Seahawks at a guard position, and I also like I like John Michael Jingleheimer Schmidt. Uh, yeah, I think that's the pick. I probably should answer that the one that would get me like the most fired up. Like they need to stop fucking around at the center thing. Yeah, yeah. they need to stop fucking around and draft John Jacob Jingleheimer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that guy. Is... Yeah, yeah. Are there any free agent centers that they should take a look no. at? No. It's no, pretty no. average. Like Bradley Bozeman from Carolina had a good year, but okay. yeah, I don't it, think that's where they should pump their money. Hey, what's uh Ethan Posick's contract situation? He's available. He's a free agent. Didn't he have a stud year with the he had Browns? A good year? He had a really good year. Oh, that makes me want to. I don't. Golf. I don't want to know. They're good. No, no. Rookies. Don't don't do it. Hey, um, center is a position where experiences can be very valuable. He'll be familiar with line calls. He was a key part of the offensive line that made Rashad Penny as valuable by EPA per play as Aaron Rodgers. Bring was, him back. Bring him home. He was just as valuable without him, though. No, he was not. I can't not. tell if you're trolling or not. Bro. He's true. Uh, this is all true. These are no, but oh, I, you, I actually, like, honestly, I mean, maybe it's obvious at this point, but I didn't mention Austin Blythe. He is an unrestricted free agent. 
I'm actually fine with bringing him back. He gets too much crap. He he was not like that terrible. No, he was. I actually think he was better than Posick. Um, I thought that he actually he did more right more often than Posick did, but he still is a mediocre center. I feel like he kind of faltered off towards the end of the season. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I just I have vivid memories of him just like falling backwards and like players it just running a, over his body. It was a huge part of their passing game falling off. Like Gino's thing in the first eight games or whatever is he can step up in the pocket a lot. And play it was getting blown up like he was Joey Hunt, who by the way is still on the team. Did you guys know that? No. Like Joey Hunt was like signed to a reserve contract the other day. <laughs> How is that guy still <laughs> I don't think it's a terrible idea to bring him back as like a, a backup. I think they they he, just they just pulled him out of the ground after DJ Jones had planted yeah, him two years ago, and he he resprouted. But Blythe uh, can compete for the job. I just don't want them to plug him and say this is like the bona fide starting center. I think this is one of the things that is challenging about the way that things set up now is they do free agency first, mm-hmm. and the Seahawks generally will want to approach free agency so that they go into the draft without having any clear needs. And so logically, are they going to not sign either Kyle Fuller or Austin Blythe? Probably no, not. Kyle Fuller. Like they'll probably sign Austin Blythe. They will probably sign. I mean, they might sign Phil Haynes realistically, like, uh, like, so Alex Fuller showed up for one play, and I think that was when they fumbled the game away last. It was. Yeah. <laughs> is it Gabe was. Jackson a free agent, or does he, he is do not? Have, but no, he's I think most, likely cut, the most obvious cap cut you can come up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got an eleven million dollar cap hit, eleven two five, I think cap hit. Yeah. Goodbye, Gabe Jackson. Yeah, and Pete said he's got knee issues or something. Um. All old, right. He has an old knee, I think, is what Pete said. Yeah. <laughs> he might have been referring to himself though. Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> Uh, man, I could keep going. So I think we'll probably wrap there just given that, um, uh, we've, we've, we've gone on longer than Evan's Can been I just on ask the show. One question? And, yeah, please. Who are you guys rooting for like rest of the playoffs? Niners all the way. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously. Big, big. big. <laughs> big. <laughs> Why was that so funny? Uh. <laughs> It's it's bills for me. Would you rather be a Seahawks fan right now or a Chargers fan right now? Like, like moving forward in terms of hope and the way that the season ended. No, 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 no. I only and, like the first no, that's part. part of it. That's part of it. <laughs> well, and, and you're bringing your coach man. back, so I get See, to I get to upgrade uh, at head coach was a better defensive head coach. <laughs> I get a younger, better version of Geno Smith. Stop it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that sounds all right. Maybe. I'll miss DK. I'll miss DK. Yeah. Well, Mike, Mike Williams, Williams is not, yeah. not, not such a bad consolation. I mean, I really like Herbert. I, he's one of I really like that players. team. Yeah. I like that whole team. I like Derwin James. But I hate them now because they cost us the number three pick. So I will never get over that. But they lose in the most painful way fashion. Like it's really? going back. Like they've had Philip Rivers, and this has been going on for a long time. Unlike the Seahawks, who have never lost a painful, <laughs> weird game in their lives. Yeah, but at least we won. Yeah, I I have a I actually have a strange team that I'm rooting for. Yeah. Um, 
I kind of like would like Bengals. to see Dak get a Super Bowl oh. ring. What? Like, I like Dak. I don't. I don't like the cow. Like I don't really care for the Cowboys. I don't hate them as much as other people do, but I do like Dak a lot. Actually, I think he's uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I, I think I like Jerry Jones is evil. Oh yeah, That's I'm, the I hard mean, thing is I mean the fuck Jerry Jones. Jones. Yeah, yeah, I mean fuck those guys. But like, Dak's cool. I'm going to be rooting like hell for him this weekend, though. Yeah, 100%. All-time Cowboys No hesitation. I'm going to go get like a Des Bryant jersey and put it on. Oh, man. uh, Do you guys think they have any chance? Like, like, I know they obviously have a chance. Do you you think – I mean, that's a pretty close odds game. It's like three-and-a-half-point spread favoring the 49ers or something last time I looked. I think the Cowboys are going to win. You do? I do. Do you really? I do. I think my Michael Parsons is gonna Mike Parsons is gonna get to Michael Parsons. or whatever the his <laughs> heck his name is. Parsons is gonna get to uh These names sound so much whiter. <laughs> <laughs> um I think he's gonna I think that defensive line is gonna get to Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy is gonna make mistakes and I think I, I think Dak's just gonna put up points. It'll be a shootout though. Oh I gotta say the worst thing about the Niners right now is how likable and fun Brock Purdy is. It sucks. Like I would love to root for that dude. He he might be a pain in the ass for a while, for a while, but uh, he plays a fun brand of football. Jeff, do you think that do you think the 49ers have a chance to blow that game? It's to me, it's pretty unlikely. Like the schedule is so annoying, where they got an extra two days of rest, and they got to travel across the country. Then I do not trust Mike McCarthy against Kyle Shanahan. But yeah. Dallas does have the talent. Like if Parsons, Parsons was the best player in the field as good as Dak was. Like Brady couldn't run a play for a while. So if they disrupt Purdy, it's just uh, I know San Francisco is going to win, and I know I'm going to be pissed off about it. Yeah, yeah. I well, anybody but San Francisco. That's my my playoff. I want the Bills to win. Bills would be my number one choice. I actually, booked a hotel room in Buffalo. Did you really? In week one or two, I don't know if I'll even end up going. For me, it's like a two-hour. It's like driving for you guys to Vancouver. So, if they make it, I, I kind of want to be there if they win or lose, just to see the destruction. But I, I don't know if they're going to get through KC. I think my honest answer here is that I need Andy Reid to get his second ring so he gets a leg up on Pete. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, already, already have the leg up on Pete. Well, of course, but then, but Brian will still argue about it. But once he's once once Andy gets the second ring, I'll just uh, I'll scoreboard him on it. I mean, at some point, it starts to become a pretty bad look, given the teams that he's had and the talent he's had and the lack of rings he's got. Like, he's got one with Patrick Mahomes. To me, like, there's no one close. He is he is far and away the most valuable player in the league, and so far he's got one. So that's. You know, it's not the greatest, but they are a fun team. I I would be fine if they won. I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it. Pete, so. on the other hand, has never squandered Hall of Fame talent on the defense and that quarterback. So, yeah, I don't Those know. Conversations it's... feel so old now. They do. <laughs> it's just like it's so nice and comfy and familiar. Like ooh, warm, fuzzy. Yeah, are we gonna have like be like? I'll be there before you guys. Are we gonna be like old, old doing this pod and like? like trying to remember what we used to argue about 
No, no, it'll be the opposite. We'll be old, old, and we'll just like compare everyone to Andy Reid and Pete Carroll. Yeah, and no, have those arguments for the Y'all are gonna be year. streaming from retirement homes, and I'm gonna be in a fucking home, normal home. It's gonna be funny when Evan is arguing that the coaches are too young and they need to with one of the older guys. And Evan is living. All right, boys. Uh, I did not do Patreon questions tonight because I don't think that got asked in chat. Uh, I appreciate folks that have signed up. If you haven't already, go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger. Get instant access to the Slack channel where conversation continues throughout the offseason and the proceeds go to charity. So hundreds of really cool folks in there. Highly, highly, highly recommend you join. And then give the show a like. If you haven't already, please give the show a like and subscribe to the channel. We are going to likely go pretty deep on the draft this year. This was kind of a appetizer. Uh, I think Jeff, maybe Derek, Nathan, myself, others. I do believe we will go into individual position groups. I think we'll go into individual players. There's This is a draft where almost anybody that you want is in play. And so, and it happens to have a lot of talented guys at a lot of positions where the Seahawks have needs. So we'll talk about them all. You're going to want to subscribe. You're going to want to be on the patreon.com slash Hawkblogger Slack channel. Please sign up now. And until then, I want to thank Evan Hill at Evan Hill HB on Twitter, Nathan Ernst at Nathan E11 and Jeff Simmons at Real Jeff Simmons on Twitter for joining tonight. And thank you all. Have a wonderful evening.